There was in the land a village of very busy people, known to all others as the Beeps. They were a prosperous, wealthy people who, although they neither farmed, hunted, nor fished, never seemed to want for food. Neighboring villagers toiled day and night for their sustenance, and it puzzled them how the V-Beeps lived with so little effort. This mystery created envy and gave life to many dark and troubling rumors as to the source of such abundance. Many tried to discover the source. Some even tried to ask the V-Beeps themselves, but the V-Beeps, being very busy, simply ignored them. Another puzzling thing about the V-Beeps was that while their neighbors had to work to survive, the V-Beeps chose to find ways to keep busy. They seemed to go out of their way to find work, and it almost always was useless, busy work. To an outsider, it appeared they worked frantically as if their very lives depended upon it, but it was an illusion. At any moment, they could have stopped what they were doing and just relaxed. With no need to worry about food and with wealth to provide for shelter, clothes, and all material needs, the V-Beats could have led lives of comfort and leisure, or pursued enriching activities in the arts and sciences, or even spent their time with friends or loved ones. Instead, however, they relentlessly worked and kept busy. They were so busy, in fact, that they could never admit how truly unhappy they were, and deep down they hated their lives. One day, three heretofore unknown men, brothers they, came to the village. Otho, small and squat, Lotho, tall and lean, and Dotho, a man of ordinary stature. At first, the V-Beeps, being very busy, paid them little heed, Otho, Lotho, and Dotho spent a week in the village, walking among the, and observing the strange and unique people. Unlike others before them, they were somewhat curious about what had made the village so prosperous and wealthy. But unlike others, they were more focused on the V-Beeps themselves. Otho, Lotho, and Dotho observed their work and the tasks they performed. It was never clear to the brothers how all this effort created the wealth and food, but the work itself 
was like nothing the brothers had seen before. Unlike most work performed in the land, the work performed by the V-Beeps was insanely complicated, made little common sense, required vastly unnecessary coordinated group efforts, and kept the people enormously busy. To the brothers, it seemed almost as if it was a game for the V-Beeps to see how many more layers of superfluous complexity they could add to their work. Maybe simple tasks bored them. Perhaps the V-Beep that created the most complex task was somehow made leader? The V-Beeps remained a mystery to the brothers. After their week of observation, the three brothers gathered in a cave outside of town to discuss their findings. There they remained for some time. After a month, a few villagers, momentarily, noticed their absence. Outside of a few traders and travelers needing shelter, the village received few visitors. The V-Beeps, having little time for friends or family, are not known for their hospitality. The thought, however, was fleeting, and the few who did notice returned to their very busy work. At the stroke of midnight, on the night of the dark of the moon, the three brothers returned to the village. They were traveling in a covered wagon cloaked in black. By dawn, as the villagers were beginning to start another very busy day, the brothers had set up three large tents in the middle of town. The tents were of such novel and interesting color and constructions that for the first time, the Vibis' curiosity got the better of them, and they momentarily set aside their very busy work. Several villagers approached the first tent. It was a bright, multicolored tent surrounded with many creatively painted lanterns with scenes of mighty myths and legends of that land. Upon entering the tent, the villagers saw chairs arranged in rows with an aisle down the middle. At the far opposite end of the entrance was a podium lit with bright torches. Standing at the podium was Otho, wearing a flashy ornate robe with a golden braided rope. Welcome, my friends, welcome, Otho shouted to the crowd cheerily. Please have a seat. I shall begin our brief program in mere moments. What sort of thing is this? Asked one of the villagers apprehensively. My friends, what you're about to hear is nothing short of miraculous, life-changing, in fact, smiled Otho. I like my life just how it is, thank you, retorted the tall, handsome villager. Oh, do you? replied Otho sardonically. My brothers and I spent only a week among you fine, prosperous folk. But even in that brief time, it was clear how unhappy you all are. How could wealthy, healthy people suffer so? That's why I'm here today. In just ten short minutes, I'll give you ten simple tips on how to make your lives a little happier. And all it will cost you wealthy, prosperous people is ten copper coins apiece. A mere one copper per tip. A better bargain you will never get in your miserable lives. What? Ten minutes? Gasped the villager in horrified disbelief. <laughs> Who in their right minds has time for that? Regaining their sense of need for working, some of the other V-Beeps began murmuring their consent. 
Yes, far too busy. Must get back to work. Some started heading toward the exit. Friends, Otho continued somewhat perplexed. Surely a minor ten-minute investment in your time is worth an, an end to your sorrows. As I said, this could change your life forever. Hard pass, said a villager as he thrust himself out of the fold of the tent. As others briskly followed him out, Otho shouted his pleas to their deaf ears. Eight coppers! No, five, two, two coppers! My final offer, two coppers for a lifetime of happiness! But his pleas remained unheeded, and he was soon alone in his brightly lit and multicolored tent surrounded by joyously painted lanterns no one had even bothered to look at. The villagers next made their way to the second tent. It was somewhat smaller than Otho's and painted in greens, yellows, and browns. Upon entering, they were greeted by the long and lanky Lotho. Lotho was surrounded by bags bursting with grains and salt, pallets of wood and animal furs, and hanging from the roof were deliciously smoked and cured meats. Again, the villagers were curious, but were somewhat impatient due to Otho wasting some of their precious work time. They were less apt to give Lotho more of it. Prudence! answered Lotho somberly. His economy of words made an immediate impact on the villagers, and their curiosity welled up once more. On our journey near your village, Lotho continued, my brothers and I encountered a gypsy renowned for her accuracy and prognostication. This wild, wanton woman warned us of the coming of a long, harsh winter, with the potential to be one of the most dreadful in living memory. Bosh! scuffed a villager. They always predict doom and gloom. Probably just wanted to sell you an overpriced charm. Lotho continued, ignoring the naysayer. I offer you a bounty of food, stores and furs and firewood to help you survive this winter. I can have this delivered from my storehouse within a fortnight before the autumn rains come and make such a delivery impossible. Look, now he wants to sell us something said a villager. Always the same with these salesmen. Our village has never wanted for food, shelter, or goods, another villager pointed out. This bean pole is wasting both his time and ours. He should eat all that food himself, He could use more meat on his bones. With that, the other villagers erupted with laughter. Would it not be better interrupted Lotho ominously, to prudently store up the unexpected and not need it, then suffer for its want. Enough of this doomsday talk, said the villager, waving Lotho off. Let's check out that last tent so we can get back to work. The mob cheered in assent. The last tent was entirely black. It was the dark material that had covered the wagon the brothers drove into the town under the dark of the moon. Inside the tent was dark as night and was lit by a single candle. The candle was held by Dotho, who held it underneath his chin. Behind Dotho stood a dais filled with weapons and armor, the most advanced in the land. Also on the dais were drawings and schematics of the fortifications, siege weapons, and army formations. Enter and prosper by my words, friends, said Dotho flatly, if not somewhat sternly. 
We hardly need your words for that, sneered a villager. That remains to be seen, Dotho volleyed back. The force in his voice silenced the villager. Dotho allowed the silence to hover over the room for a moment. My brothers and I have traveled the land these many weeks. Mark well my words. Your neighbors grow envious of your wealth and prosperity. The mysterious providence of your wealth and prosperity makes them curious, anxious, and fearful. They see neither farms, nor hunting bands, nor fishing boats. No trading caravans supply you. Rumors abound that this village may be in league with dark forces. Dark forces that may one day pollute and corrupt all the land. They should mind their own business, said the villager disdainfully. And how should you make them do that? Answered Dotho. What? Answered the man. They should, but should is one of those words that only applies when everyone agrees to be polite. Answered Dotho. One should not kill a man for food, but see how far that goes when one is starving and a glutton won't share. Such is the feeble power of should. We work harder than those other lazy villagers, shouted another villager. And we are smarter and more talented, added another. The other villagers cheered in consent. Of that I have no doubt, agreed Dotho. Of all the villages my brothers and I have encountered in our travels, indeed, yours is comprised of the most active, busiest, and hardest working people of all. The villagers cheered at this. I am here merely to counsel that your neighbors, who, I might add, outnumber you by a factor of twenty to one, want all the wealth and prosperity you now enjoy. As my brothers may have told you, a long, harsh winter is approaching. This, along with irrational fear as to the source of your sustenance, may drive good, decent people to do evil, indecent things. Behind me are things that can help protect you from them. Weapons, armor, battle plans, fortifications, battle machines. All can be delivered to you within a fortnight before the autumn rains make that impossible. My engineers can help you construct them and make your village impregnable, help you outlast the oncoming winter, and protect you from any enemy. Fearmonger! shouted a villager. Just another con artist using strong-arm hard-sell tactics, said another villager, rolling in her eyes. Surely, friends, there is prudence in my words, remarked Dotho. No longer listening to him, Dotho's cogent argument fell on the deafest of ears. The Vibeeps had heard their third sales pitch, wasting far too much of their precious time already. His tent emptied out faster than his brother's. Otho, Lotho, and Dotho exited their tents and stood shoulder to shoulder on the town square, silently watching the Vibeeps go back to doing their very busy things. They spent the rest of the day bemusedly observing them and listening to a few of them incredulously sputter lines such as Happiness in ten minutes, I hardly think so. By wasteful superfluous supplies, we have precisely as much as we need. No more, no less. 
and danger from our neighbors? <laughs> Preposterous. After a time, they took down their tents, packed their wagons, and left the village forever. In the morning, the V-Beeps found their town square empty and their curious trio brothers gone. The only trace remaining were exceedingly brief topics of conversation in between their very busy tasks. After a time, the brothers were all but forgotten. The village itself is all but forgotten. Numerous attempts have been made to locate the village of the V-Beeps. Many have been eager to learn the secret source of their abundant wealth and prosperity. It has utterly vanished, and none can say with authority what happened to it. However, one time there did come upon the land a severe winter, the harshest in living memory, which led to widespread famine, disease, and war. Villages preyed upon one another just to survive. It could be that the village of the Beebeeps was destroyed during that time, but none can say for sure. None can say for sure. Created and produced by Jake Gonella in association with New Dada. Featuring Jesse Baird, Allied Rector, and Danny Lee. Thank you.